Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the United District Podcast. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Brad Cox, Manchester United correspondent for Babel UK. Brad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. No, no worries. And um, people who are watching on YouTube will know that we're doing this a bit differently. We've never had the camera turned on before. My ugly mug is now in shot. You can see me. You can see the lovely face of Brad as well. So um, yeah, we're trying things a bit different. If you're listening on Spotify or whatever platform, have a little look at YouTube. You can uh, see our lovely faces. So um, we'll, we'll dive straight into things. Uh, mixed mood after last night. I say mixed, it's, it's pretty negative, but we don't want to be too silly about things. We'll just j- jump into that. What, what did you think of the game last night uh, as a whole? How did you think United got on and, and how disappointed are you with the performance and the exit from the Europa League? Well, I think it was one of those games where Manchester United fans expected expected to go through. Mm. Um, I believe that if, if you were to, if I was to ask you before the game, you'd have said, "Yeah, well, United will get through." Um, but Sevilla, were, we, you know, if you've done your research, you know they're a tough side with their European um, experience, and especially with the players. You know, you've got Eva Benega, who's been involved in all sorts of um, history when it comes to European matches. But United, you can't even say that United were that bad because there was chances there for them mm. last night. Um, you know, Martial could have bagged two, Fernandez. I mean, Rash- Rashford was off the pace, and I think he's been off the pace since the project restart and yeah. since he's come back his, uh, from his injury. Um, so if he's got three to four weeks to recover, I think he's the one that needs it the most. Um, after he's, I think he was really poor last night. Mm. Williams was another one who I thought, you know, it showed his experience, his inexperience, uh, playing a left back position that he's done okay in this season, and he's, you know, he stepped in for Luke Shaw, and and I think it really highlights how much uh, Luke Shaw means to this United side at the back. Um, they were attacking, Sevilla were attacking out, out of the width of United and they were getting in behind and ultimately two crosses, two goals. That, that's how it went down for Sevilla and that's how they ended up beating United. So um, definitely left back is something that needs to be addressed. There is an issue there. But then there's also the issue of goals up top. I mean, you've got Anthony Martial who's having his best season uh, with 23 goals, I think he ended on. Mm. Um and then you've also got Bruno. I mean, where would Manchester United be without Bruno? I do not know. Mm. But there are still issues in this side. And I think last night's performance does prove to the fan base that there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Do you think there's, you know, you talk about sort of the technical aspect of things, you know, just the squad not being good enough in some places, which I think we're all in agreement on. Do you think there's a mentality problem? You know, three semi-final exits, has there got to be questions asked about the mentality of this side? I mean, you can call it a mentality issue if you'd like, but, you know, you've still got Paul Pogba in that side. He's won the World Cup. I mm. mean, that, there's no man, mentality, mentality issue there. He's, you know, people do forget that he's won a World Cup and, and with Juventus, he's won the league there. So, I mean, if, if you, he's the £90 million player that United fans expected to be taking this team to a new level, which he's not managed to do. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, with United fans, they've been up and down. Uh, on Pogba they've been like yes we're a much better side with him and then without him we the United weren't too bad either um, but the mentality issue I don't know if it's if it's as easy as that I, I'd more more to call it an experience issue mm. um, I mean Maguire is a is a captain who, who leads on the pitch uh, you know in these in these project restart games where there's been no fans and I've been at United games look, luckily enough I've been I've been inside the stadium. You can hear Maguire. He's so loud. He's he's always screaming. Um, 
and he's directing and directing orders and then the players do follow on from that but I, I think like you said men- mentality issue I think that's got to be in front of goal because yeah. the amount of chances United had in that first 15 minutes after the second half it could have been 3-1 three, three, or 4-1 um, but they failed to take them and Sevilla made them pay Mm. You talk about Maguire there, that's someone that's divided opinion. I'm, I, I'm someone who's been critical of him. Not so much his quality last night, actually, because I thought he had a good game, Maguire, especially late on when, when Sevilla were looking to, to catch us on the break. He seemed to be a bit of a, one, a one-man defensory, really, a bit, bit of a wall back there to, to avoid it becoming, becoming 3-1. Um, but a lot of people have doubted his leadership, as you say, you being in the stadium have, have heard him be vocal. Do you think this team lacks leadership outside of him and perhaps Fernandez? Do you think? Do you think there's a bit, a bit of a void there? Because I think that's definitely something that, that people have discussed. I think there's definitely been a lack of leadership for United over the past two or three seasons, and I think they finally found it in Harry Maguire. I mean, the last captain was Ashley Young, who is he a natural-born leader? I don't, I don't really think Ashley Young is. Uh, whereas I think Harry Maguire is, he's got it, he's got it pretty much nailed down. You know, he, t- he takes control, and you could see in his press conference, in his press conference last night when he was questioned about the exit, how much it meant to him, and that he expects a lot better from United, and that's what United fans want to hear. They want to hear his captain be disappointed in that result because at United you need trophies, and this season they've not won a trophy, and it's the third season in a row, which is the first time since 1987 to 1989. So. Mm. I think I think Maguire admitting that 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 is a failure for Manchester United. I, I think is a, is a step forward in the leadership, um, in the leadership department. Um, but with, with that being said, are there any other leaders on the pitch yeah. other than Maguire? I, I, I don't know. I, I you'd like as a, as for United fans, you'd like to see Pogba step up. You'd like to see him grab grab a game and take it to the opposition. And he, he he hasn't been doing that, or at least he's not done that enough uh, for for United fans to 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 enjoy. And then I don't think Victor Lindelof's a, a leader. I think he's I think he's okay as a centre back. I, I think he would maybe he was at fault. Maybe it was a deflection for a second goal. I, I'm I'm not too sure if you can put all that all that blame onto him last night. But Ollie Ollie said in his press conference last night that about the Lindelof and Bruno argument. Um, he was saying that he wants players to hold each other accountable for their mistakes. He wants them to recognise their mistakes, yeah. which, which is good. And I think that's what Bruno brought last. I mean, when have you seen that sort of passion from a United player over the past year? When have you seen each other shouting at each other in fury? You've not seen it. So that, that, that's, I think that's a good sign, that argument. No, I, I completely agree with you on that. You know, I, I remember the similarly... Um, I'm a big Jose Mourinho fan, as many will know. You know, Larice and and Son were the similar spat for Spurs, and a lot of people seem to be very vocal about that, saying that you know there's a problem in the dressing room and that Mourinho perhaps has carried this toxic atmosphere. I just thought it was absolute rubbish, and and I agree with what you've said there about Bruno and Lindelof. The same thing as you know, it is a sign of of standards being held, and a club like Manchester United, their standards that you've got to have. So yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. Um, talking about Paul Pogba, what do you think of his his season since the restart? Have you seen enough from him? Do you think it needs to be more? He's obviously been playing in quite a reserved role in that Bruno's been the man allowed to, to be deployed in a more attacking sense. So what, what do you think of Pogba since the restart? Well, I think when, when Paul Pogba was reintroduced in that Spurs game, well, United were already, what were we, what were United chasing a, chasing a win? No, they were already, they were 1-0 down, weren't they? Down, yeah. Yeah, 1-0 down when he came on and he won the penalty. Um, so I think that was the sort of player that Paul Pogba can be. Mm. But 
can he be that player when he's not got a, a holding midfielder behind him? I don't, I don't think he can be as free. I don't think, um, I, I don't even know if it's Solskjaer trusting him to get back because I, I just don't think he wants to go forward and put the team at risk. Um, but I think what Paul Pogba needs to do is he needs someone alongside of him, whether it be Jack Grealish or a holding midfielder. He needs someone alongside him that's a little bit more sturdy. Nemanja Matic, perfect example. He's been excellent since the restart. He yeah. gave Pogba that freedom to go a little bit more forward. Um, but he's a bit too old now for the Premier League. I think Nemanja Matic has personally slowed down severely, and I don't. And I think that's why he didn't start yesterday because the, you know the niftiness of those severe midfielders. They could quick little turn, and they're 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 in behind Matic. Very simple. Um, but if if you were to get a man with that confidence and uh, quality on the ball like Matic to provide a little bit of uh, comfort for Pogba, then Pogba can be unleashed and he can join Bruno up top. Because, I mean, when you think you've got Luke Shaw, if, if this is the starting, say this is the starting lineup for United next year, you've got Luke mm. Shaw, you've got Lindelof, Maguire and Wan-Bissaka. That's a decent, decent defence there. And then if you put just one more holding midfielder in front of them, you don't need two. You don't need Pogba to sit back. You can allow him to go forward just like Bruno has been doing. And Bruno's enjoyed great freedom. I remember when he first came, I was watching him in, in, the, uh, in, the, in his Wolves game was his debut. Yeah. Um, and I was like, is, is he playing on the wing? Is he playing as a midfielder? Is he a, is he a centre forward almost? And that was, that's this type of freedom that I think Pogba wants. And if Pogba is to get that freedom, I think United fans will see a very different side to him. Mm. Do you think, though, is, is there enough balance there? You know, you say about a holding midfielder to perhaps replace Matic. You know, De- Declan Rice is, is the man who I've always courted as, as perhaps his best replacement. I don't know what your opinion on Rice is. Do you think there's enough enough cover there, though? Do you think, you know, with, with Bruno, who obviously, as you say, get, goes beyond Martial at times, pressing extremely high. Do you think there's enough cover with, with Bruno and then for Pogba to be freed up as well with just one holding midfielder? I think... From a Man United mental mentality for the for you and you know your fan base, mm. you, you need to have trust in the men up top. They're ultimately the people who are going to be scoring you the goals and getting you the three points. Yes, you have to worry about defending, of course, but I mean, you look at two very different styles of football. You said you you rated Mourinho and the way he, mm. you know, you know, he is a very defensive manager nowadays and hitting them on the counter attack, which you know, Sir Alex Ferguson did do that time and time again against. He gave respect to bigger clubs, um, but. If if it's a, giving him enough room, I think I think with United you've got to you've got to attack is the best way of defense for mm-hmm. United. I just think if you're going to go back to the way uh, the glory days happened, it was scoring more than the opposition. That was just how how Sir Alex did it. Um, so I think you've got to kind of worry about getting the goals before you can worry about the the gaps in at the back. And that if you look at it, that's what Pep Guardiola's done with City. He's kind of thought right. Yeah, I've had I've I've had a few injuries this season, but we're just going to outscore you. We're going to score more than you. Simple as. And and Liverpool to a certain extent have done that. They've conceded their first share amount of goals this season, but they've just managed to score three or four, and that, that that's where the success has come from. Mm. I know this is a bit of a tough question. It's one that I've asked quite a lot of people. This is Solskjaer's first full season as permanent manager. Seems to have been going on for for a while. It's, we seem to forget, I think, that this is his first full season as permanent manager. How do you think he's fared? Do you think it's been a successful season? I think this is this is something that perhaps divides opinion. I know where I stand on it. 
you know, the easy way for fans of Manchester United to look at it is it's a disappointment. There's no trophies um, and you've only finished third. But if you take that away, you've got Champions League football. You've got that, that attractiveness to bring back to Old Trafford where it's been missing for multiple seasons now. Mm. Um, you know, they're entering a busy transfer market here and to, to, to pull Jaden Sancho to this club without Champions League would be, would be about wages. And that is what United have struggled with recently with no Champions League football. They have only been a, the players have only been attracted for the wages and their money, mm. which we've seen has failed. It has ultimately been a failure. And, you know, um, the, the question was asked last night about Solskjaer. Like, oh, do you think you need a marquee signing? And I think if that was Jose or Louis van Gaal, he would have been peer pressured by Woodward to say, yes, we need a marquee signing because it looks good on your, on, on your Adidas sponsorship deals. And he's, on, you know, when we announced uh, Pogba, Pogback, you know, yeah. it, was, uh, it was a big marketing deal. Mm. Whereas Solskjaer said, no, I don't need any marquee signings. Um, I, I just need the right mentality of the players if we're going, he said, if or when we bring them in. You know, he, wasn't, he never gives too much away in his press conferences. Uh, very smart. But mm. I, think it, I think that's why it's been a success for United this season is, look, step one was to get back into the Champions League. That's been that's been ticked off, mm. and then it was it would have been a bonus if you won a trophy, wouldn't it? A trophy yeah. is always a bonus at the end of the season because league position is always top priority. So uh, I wouldn't say it's been a disappointing season. I would say Solskjaer has 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 done better than most forty would have. Yeah, well, this is this is my point as well. Yeah, um, just to clarify, I, I think it has been a successful season. But by the way, um, you know there were times when. We looked down and out, to be honest, January, February time. The game, at, the game at Old Trafford against Burnley is one that really kicks out at me as a game where I just thought like, we just looked terrible. You know, there was, there was sort of that toxic atmosphere was starting to creep back in, I thought, as well. But luckily, we, we turned it all around. I mean, the, the, the stop came at a good time for us before the restart in that we were on a good run of form. You know, everyone was sort of upbeat about things again by that point. And then after the restart, we kicked on and, and got the job done. So, yeah, it's hard to complain. It's a shame, obviously, about, about the... Uh, about the the, the three domestic competitions that we've knocked out of us, sorry, the two domestic competitions in the Europa League that knocked out of in the semis, but but what can you do, you know? Um, moving on, looking ahead to next season, it's, it's a tough one really, isn't it? I don't think we, we're good enough to, to mount a title charge yet. Yeah, I think many would would agree with that. And even with, you know, Jaden Sancho, that still is, is a tall order. What do you think Solskjaer needs to do next season? What, what are the targets, what, what should the targets be for Manchester United? I think first, uh, to, to go off away from football-wise, he's got to get consistency. Mm. Um, I think with United, there's been this season. There's been a lot of opportunities for new players, which is which is very good. You know, you've brought in Mason Greenwood's uh, come on, come onto the scene and look look how look how good he's been. Mm. Um, but at the start of the season, you wouldn't have said Greenwood would have scored this many goals. What was it, seventeen or eighteen? I think. Yeah. Um, you you wouldn't have said that. So those are eighteen goals that have kind of come from nowhere. Um, and you take those goals away, and it, it's that that would uh, that would prove worry for uh, United. Mm. So in this transfer market, I think Solskjaer's got to start looking at depth. I personally don't think 108 million should be spent on one player. We've seen it with you know Lukaku, 75 million, uh, you know, 30 million difference, but it's still a hell of a lot of money. Um, I think what what 
Pep has done at Manchester City. He's bought in three to five players for the same amount that United spent in one transfer on two or three players. Um, I think that's what United have now got to do. They've now got to focus on depth. And, you know, fans are saying, do we need Grealish? We've got Pogba and all this. I, I think, yeah, but if Pogba decides he wants to have a little ankle vacation, then, you know, Grealish has to come in. Um and you can't really rely on Fred to do the job of Pogba. I think, I think Fred's done an excellent job. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's stood in for, for the missing Pogba. And McTominay as well. They've, they've stepped up. But are they as creative? Uh, I, I don't think so. And then Martial and the left-back position. You know, Williams and Shaw. You're, and and centre-back is a massive one. If, if Lindelof gets injured, you're, you're an injury away from either Eric Bailly or Phil Jones starting for the rest of the season. That, that cannot be the case for a team, team of Manchester United's calibre. You've got to go into this transfer market, splash the cash on the right players, like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said last night. He's got to be 100% sure of their mentality. And I think, I think missing out on that Dybala deal last year was a blessing in disguise because if, if United bought Dybala, Bruno wouldn't be here. Bruno would not be at Old Trafford uh, as we speak. And Dybala would have been that Adidas marquee signing wages and wages. That was all he would have been looking for. Mm. So moving it, we've just touched on this transfer market. We'll move into it fully now. Uh, dive into it. You know, you said there not to spend 100 million on, on Sancho. Is that a suggestion that you think we shouldn't pursue Sancho any longer? Well, I think this is how it should be going in order. If, if you know you've got three or four players that are willing to sign for Manchester United, if you know they want to come to Old Trafford, then you can prioritise Sancho. Because if it falls away, you know there's three or four players you can go out and buy. But is there much point in prioritising Sancho when you don't know he's going to come? I don't think so. If you, if, you, if you said to United fans, do you need one player to challenge for a title? You'd probably say no. You'd, what, what do you think? One player is enough? No. No, no, no. no. I, no. But I think, so, I think Sancho would make a big impact. I, I, I think Sancho would make an, a, a huge impact on, this, on the team. I mean, you know, he's English. He's got a connection with Rashford already. Um, but is he going to win you the title? I don't think he is. I don't think he's an Eric Cantona uh, and can change that whole team. So I think three or four signings need to be the priority. Keep Sancho, keep the, keep the deals going, keep the, keep the talks going. But if it comes to the point, you know, late August early September and nothing's changed, you've got to give up. You've got to go after those three or four players that can give you that squad depth. A centre-back, Upamecano, we saw how incredible performance he put in against, uh, for Leipzig in the Champions League and now he's in the semi-final. Um, there was talks of, there was um, rumours saying that United have been scouting him for years and the recruitment policy said no. Not sure if that's true, but um, you know, Upamecano is one hell of a centre back, and if you partner him up with Harry Maguire, you might just have the, the, an excellent combination there of speed and power. Um, uh, with the power being from being from Maguire, and you mm. know, Upamecano is rapid and he's very comfortable on the ball. Um, but then, if, if you've got to bring in Jack Grealish as well for for a mid midfielder. Um, you know, I think Grealish is the most suited to play for Manchester United. There's, you know, he's he's a Villa fan at heart, but he's always said he's he's always looked out for United and he's he supported them. Uh, and also for Grealish, he's that creative spark and he's got the strength that a Premier League midfielder requires. You know, he's he's built a bit different to the to the Spanish midfielders or the Argentinian midfielders. They're a bit more nifty and smaller which would suit maybe a Pep Guardiola style of play 
whereas Grealish, you know, he's strong, he'll run at players, um, and he can play good balls out wide, and he's a good set piece taker as well. So I think you've got, and then then you've got to look at goal scorer. Um, you know, Paul Scholes said on BT last night, if Sancho's in that team, they score. And maybe maybe it would be from Sancho, or maybe it would come from a goal scorer. And I think Oli not bringing on Igalo proved that he doesn't believe he's got goal scorers on the bench. And when you don't have goal scorers on the bench, and the players aren't aren't putting them in putting them in the back of the net from the starting eleven, then you're going to have big issues. Mm. If not Jaden Sancho, then you've mentioned a few other positions there that you'd go and target so a centre half, you know, a depth attacking midfielder in Jack Grealish, and then a goal scorer as well. Who I assume you mean sort of a backup to Martial in that sense. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I think you've got to get a backup into Martial, and you know, because his game doesn't necessarily suit every type of defence mm. he's going to come up against. Yeah. Um, and Rashford, he's had a terrible spell. You know, you can praise him all you like yeah. for the work he's done off the off the get off the field. He's been excellent. He's done so much, and he deserves all the praise. But strictly talking about football, he's been incredibly poor. He's been very disappointing, and that is when you need another option. Either you push Martial to the left and you bring on a, a goal scorer, or you bring on a left winger like Sancho, or Greenwood takes his position. But mm. you need that depth to be able to to back yourself. So apart from that, would you say we need a right winger? Would you say that, that that's because in my eyes that's a priority and that's why I want Sancho so much? And if if not Jane Sancho, you suggested you know maybe the money could be spread a bit better. Who who would you go and target then for that right wing spot? Because it's it's a, it's a very saturated market. It really is, and right wingers are, are not easy to come by. There's not not many designated right wingers these days. Uh, a lot of the players is about midfielders or strikers or holding the ball up. There's not many attack down the right wing, get across into the box mm-hmm. sort of thing. And Sancho is not even that type of player. If you watched him throughout the Bundesliga, he's not a designated winger. He's more of a forward. He's, you know, we, we've all, uh, well, a lot of people will have played FIFA. Um, and, you know, those left forward and right forward positions are very close to the striker. And that sort of position is Jaden Sancho. He's, he's not going to hug, hug the byline and get in behind players that way. He's going to try and come inside and work well with Martial, which would be, which would be a, a very good connection to have. So if you don't get Sancho, you've, you're struggling. I think you've just got to go for another striker in that sense. And I'm not even too sure on which striker would suit Oli's new, new style of football that he wants to bring in. Um, but if you can't get Sancho and you know you need three or four more players, then these talks need to be happening sooner and faster. And, you know, it's got to happen before September because you want them to have a pre-season. And, you know, Bruno had to be had to come into the side in January, couldn't get the deal done in August. I mean, where would United, where would United have finished in the league with Bruno for a whole season? You'd never know. Mm. I just wanted to ask you a quick question about Ollie's three uh, sort of three signings he made last summer and Bruno as well. Just just for a rating on four of them, if you'd like, out of ten. I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you like to do ratings. Some people aren't uh, objectified to those sort of things. But h- how do you think those four signings have done over the past season? Now that it's all said and done. So I've heard multiple people and opinions on Harry Maguire and his season, but like I said, United need another centre back. If they didn't sign Maguire, they'd have been in real, real trouble at the back this season. Um, you know, you can talk about price tags, but Manchester United are the, the biggest club in the world, arguably. And the amount of money that comes in from revenue and sponsorship deals, 80 million is not, you know, 
it, it's not gonna it's not gonna kill the club for mm. spending that amount of money. Um, but you've just got to think, what well, where would they be without him? And, and I think they would have been in grave danger. So, and Maguire, you've got your money's worth. Don't people can't be saying it's a waste of money when he's played thirty eight games in the season and he's played every minute. I mean, that's not a waste of money right there. It would have been a waste of money if he got injured and missed six months um, because then people will judge him off, off, off his performance. But, you know, 38 games, 38 starts, and he played every minute. That's money well spent. And, he's, and, he, and we discussed earlier, he's brought back that leadership, that passion to United. You know, the likes of Roy Keane and Yap Stam had and Rio, Ferdinand and Vidic. They, you know, there was leadership from the back. So I think with Harry Maguire, I mean, you want a rating, I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10. I mean, people may call it critical, but to be a 9 or 10 out of 10, then, you know, you've got to win trophies. Virgil van Dijk has been a 9 or a 10 out of 10 this season, and I don't think he's quite there yet. Um, Wan-Bissaka, excellent, excellent. I mean, you buy you buy a right-back to defend. You don't buy a right-back to assist or score goals. You just don't. It just happens to be that there's a fantastic young English right-back from Liverpool who can do that as well. That's the only reason why Wan-Bissaka has been, has been looked down upon this season is because of Trent Alexander-Arnold and how amazing he has been for Liverpool. Um, so Wan-Bissaka, I, I, I think, you know, we've seen Fossu Mensa come back. And if, 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 we didn't sign, if United didn't sign... Wan-Bissaka, it would have, would have been Fossi Mensa or Diogo Dallo for the for the entire season. And I think Wan-Bissaka is an incredible improvement on both of those. Mm. So I, I would say Wan-Bissaka, I mean, he's he's not short of 38 games started either. So I think you've got to say he, he's up there with the, in the high sevens, possibly an eight out of ten. Um, and then who else was the final one? So Bruno and James. Daniel James. Yeah, yeah. I'll start with Daniel James because we all know how good Bruno has been for Manchester United. Mm. I think Daniel James, his, you know, he, he had a tough start to to since the transfer with with the passing of his father. That's not not easy at all to come into a brand new club with the with the responsibility of becoming Manchester United's right winger. It's a huge responsibility, and with that tragic passing, it's it's going to be difficult. Um, but he got he got off to a flyer, you know. First game of the season, bagged the goal against Chelsea. Yeah, it wasn't the smoothest goal. It was a, took a deflection and went in, um, but it's it's a goal nonetheless. And yeah. then Southampton was an absolute rocket. So we've we've seen that Daniel James can produce these sorts of these sorts of strikes um, and these sorts of performances. But I think I think Solskjaer made some tactical changes after that Manchester City game away at Etihad when when United won two 0 because. After that, and the introduction of Bruno, United's counter-attacking has not really been has not really been in play. So that that takes away Daniel James's attributes. And you know, Solskjaer brought him in to be quick on the counter. And you you saw how electric he was at the Etihad and getting in behind, getting the balls in, working well with Martial and Rashford. Um, and, and likewise, away to Norwich, quick counter-attack down the right wing, beautiful ball into Rashford. I mean, people do, I mean, because it's so long ago, uh, what is it, 10 months now since mm. those games? People forget uh, he was very, very good at the start of the season. But I just think it was Solskjaer's tactics that changed. And that's why Daniel James hasn't been so so good or, or, or statistically wise. He's, he's not, done, not done as much as he would, would have liked to. Um, so I think, I think Dan James, he's not been a, 
he's not been a massive success, but he's also not been a waste of money. I think, you know, 17 million pounds, you would probably say is a fringe player amount. He's not going to be used all the time. So 17 million, it's not too much. And and he, he's still young. He, he's quick. And Ryan Giggs, Ryan Giggs is going to work with him at, at Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of room to develop for Dan James if he can bulk up a little bit um, over the summers like Cristiano Ronaldo did. I mean, you know, then no one, no one's Cristiano Ronaldo because, you know, he is who he is. Yeah. But Daniel James, if he can bulk up, then he can be similar to, to, to Ronaldo in that sense that getting bigger and the more physical aspect of the Premier League can, can improve. So I think I, if you want another rating, I'd probably go for a 5 out of 10 for James. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of room of improvement. Um, yeah. I, yeah, go for it. I was so happy to, I'm happy to hear a bit, a bit of praise there for Dan James, a player that I'm... I, I like to d- defend quite a lot. I think, as you say, I think you make a fantastic point in that it's because it's 10 months ago. Some people may have, have short memories on him. You know, let's not forget what he did at the beginning of the season. He was our, uh, probably our best player for the first, first couple of months when we were enduring tough times. So, yeah, I think um, just, yeah, just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, I think James has, has still definitely got a, a role to play in this squad. And he offers something a bit different, that direct pace down the right-hand side, which we don't really have through anyone else. So, yeah, go on. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no worries. And then, you know, you've got Bruno as the final signing so far under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And where would, where would United be without him? I, I really do not know. I don't, I don't think they'd be third, that's for sure. I think it could have been sixth or seventh, um, which is what they were predicted after that Burnley game, mm. which I was at. And like you said, it was disgraceful performance. But I think that was the turning point in the season, bringing in Bruno Fernandes. I mean, yes, he's a penalty taker that's not his fault he is the penalty taker mm. um and it's not his fault that he improves his own statistics and and the goals are from penalties that is not his fault uh, <laughs> don't don't get that argument at that all it's it's ridiculous but um Bruno Fernandez he's not just scored goals and assists he brought back a little bit of flair to United he's reinstalled this attack that's that's to be scared of and not even to mention the impact he's had on Anthony Martial because him and Martial, I think his, his his positive play has just contributed so well. That that link up play for the for the Manchester City win, um, for that free kick over over the top, and then Martial finished it. I mean, I don't think I don't think any other player on that starting eleven makes that pass to Martial. Mm. No one quick thinks like that, um, and I think that's what Manchester United have been missing so much recently. Um, and people have been saying, yeah, he's been a bit more bit more reluctant. And a bit less, less, uh, less involved in the goal since the restart. And I just think that's because of how many minutes he's played. I mean, well, he started nearly every game. He's 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 been uh, he's been available for United, and he, he's played every minute. He even played in that Norwich uh, FA Cup mm-hmm. quarter final, and he played 120 minutes in extra time. Then two days later, he went and played in the Premier League. So I think you know he's got to have a rest, and you know whatever he's drinking when he comes off his sub, that milk tub <laughs> thing, he, he absolutely downs that because. From from our position in the press box, you can see them walk up, and he gets yeah. past. He gets past this milk cart, and he's just down in it. Um, so whatever it is, he's got to continue drinking that. Um, but no, Bruno Bruno's been excellent, and he really has contributed for Manchester United incredibly well. So I think you've got to go for high seven, low eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. But there's room for improvement because he did fall away towards the end of the mm. season, and you know last night he got he got a goal, he got a penalty, and he converted. But he didn't really do too much away from that. I mean, he played a few beautiful balls in and 
uh, and sometimes it just just didn't work last night. I just think the case last night it just didn't work to put it into simple terms. Uh, but I think there's still still some room room for Bruno to grow. Mm. I think he's a victim of his own standards that he set himself. To be honest, in that sense, because actually I thought last night, as you say, he played a couple of great balls that we that we would have you know fawned over if it was Lingard or Pereira because it's Bruno. We we expect so much from him now. He's been so good that um, you know we're, we're not as impressed when he doesn't you know have a ten out of ten performance for it, for example. But yeah, no, I completely agree. You know, some great points there. Moving on to our last topic, it's the player of the season. You know, obviously a few days ago we thought. It wouldn't be until, well, what was it, Friday until this season would be done. But obviously, we've been knocked out in the semis. It's a premature, perhaps, end to our entire season. Everything is now done. You can sit back and look at it in hindsight. Who do you think has been our player of the season? I think, um, you know, there's quite a few quite a few contenders for this, to be honest. And I think there's there's a few contenders as well because of how long the season has gone on yeah. for. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, before before the winter, before the, before the break for, uh, from, from the coronavirus, I think you would have had to say Marcus Rashford because of how excellent he was. He was in goal-scoring form. Obviously, he suffered a back injury and he's not been quite the same as, as no one probably would be. They wouldn't be because I, I think that, that back injury was quite quite harmful to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, Bruno, since he's come, it's probably been the player of the season um, since, since he's arrived. But I think the question is player of the season for Manchester United and that means throughout the entirety mm-hmm. of the campaign. And I think that has to go to Anthony Martial this season. I think the the, the goals, the assists, the link-up play, his confidence, not only off the pitch, but on the pitch, his attitude has really impressed. Um, and I think when 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 United were struggling under Jose Mourinho and under Louis van Gaal, it was those chances missed inside the box. And, you know, Martial, you wouldn't say he was a clinical finisher back then. Mm. But this season, I think he's really proved himself as a striker. I think you can say he, you know, he's 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 worth a lot because of the way he can take the ball out onto the left wing. He can cut on his right foot and and, and fire one from distance. You know, Aldi said he he'll score a couple of worldies once in a while, but now he's getting in the box and scoring, which is true. And if 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 you actually, um, I, I did a piece on Martial, how he's he's living in the shadow of Bruno Fernandez. You know, Bruno this, Bruno that, but it's Anthony Martial that deserves great praise this season. And I was watching um, highlights of all of his goals. And a lot more of his goals this season have been in the box compared to goals from past seasons where he's been out on the wing and cutting in. And similarly, if you watch 1999 um, campaign highlights, all those, all those goals are in the box. So it's it, from Solskjaer, you know, himself, he was a poacher. So there's, there's, no, there's no surprise there that, Solskjaer has had this impact on Martial and, he, and he's been, been more clinical since he's been under the, the development of Solskjaer. So for me, um, player of the season has to be Martial for, for being so consistent and, and, and just being there for, for when United weren't at their best, you know, when, when Rashford was injured, um, when Pogba wasn't playing, when Bruno wasn't here. Martial was there and he was there to provide some stability for United up front and get the goals that they so needed. Yeah, fair enough. I, th- I think that's a good shout. I think many people would argue Martial's case as well. Um, I don't know who I'd go with personally to us. As you say, it's been such a long season. So many di- different bits and pieces, different segments, really, isn't it? It's a tale of two two seasons, really, isn't it? It's a, a season of two halves, I should say, as the old cliche goes. Brad, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I don't know if you've got any last words you'd like to say to the listeners. No, I just uh, very appreciate your time and I hope you enjoyed listening to me and I want to be back soon.
Yeah, no, of course. We'd love to have you back on. Brad, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, mate. Cheers, Henry. Thank you very much.